1: On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5 with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or
0: restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Huge thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. Wholehearted Eating listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Dana. That's better,
1: H-E-L-P.com forward slash Dana. Hey guys, um, happy May and Cinco de Mayo if you're listening on the day that it's dropping. And if you want to nerd out for a second, May the 4th be with you. Uh, we are, yes, recording this the day before the episode is airing. So I'll just give you a little insight into into how our week is going. <laughs> Um, but anyways, last month we talked about conditional food neutrality based on exercise and movement. And this topic was really interesting because what we wanted to do was kind of set the stage a little bit about how we create these conditions around when it's okay for us to have food neutrality. Um, a lot of it's really based in and rooted in this calories in, calories out from a weight control standpoint and a weight loss standpoint that we've been That's been like ingrained in our minds over the years for such a long time. And last month, we really talked about how do we combat those conditions and how do we bring movement into our lives in a joyful way that's not weight related, um, and not weight control related. So that's what we talked about last month. And this month we're taking a very similar concept around conditions and applying it to body image and body neutrality, which quite frankly, if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, woof, that's not a light topic. (laughs) And you're right. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a heavy topic, but we're super excited. Bear with us. We have some awesome guests coming up this month, and Dana and I wanted to do a little bit of a set the scene. Yes.
0: Yeah, so when we're thinking about conditional food neutrality as applied to exercise and fitness, as we talked about last month, it what that looks like is basically I can eat what I want as long as I exercise or I can eat carbs as long as I'm going to exercise or I just have exercise or I don't have to feel as bad about eating this because I've exercised already, which, as you can tell from the last four episodes that we've done, which we will link in the show notes, is really tied in, like Christina said, to the calories in, calories out. So now that we've debunked that and given you a lot of resources via our guests on how can we start to untangle this specifically around body size and the conditions that we set around exercise and how we feel like we should and have to be exercising in order to be healthy, we wanted to translate to talking more broadly about body image and body size and self-perception and everything like that because this can also set probably is the Setter is probably not the right word, but it is the reason for the biggest condition that most people have around food, of... I feel like I can't do food neutrality or I can't do non-diet because I'm in a larger body or because my body doesn't look like that or because I'm this or because it's something around our body image, our body size, our weight, and it's all really, really tied into our beliefs around health and what society says we should look like in order to be healthy, also like accepted into society as a productive and um, valuable member of society.
1: Another thing too that I think kind of layers in there that I think often gets overlooked when we talk about body image, and this is where me and Dana as clinical nutritionists can kind of play like a cool role in showing and showcasing this is we have found Um, through our work together and through our work with our clients and also like quite frankly on an individual level, right? The way that you feel about your body awfully directly impacts the way we interact with food too. And so that's exactly what we're talking about with this condition. So we feel like there's like this transactional relationship between food and body image and movement and body image and movement and food. And so that's where we're going to get into the messy stuff of everything. And I think this episode and all the episodes of this month is really just an invitation for you to start to think about how does my body image and my body perception and the perception of my body on society impact the way that I interact with my own body and with food and all of the things that are associated with that. So, and we know as a society that, um, that oftentimes we, there is this belief that health has a look, right? And it has a certain size that's associated with too, two, which plays a huge role in how we then interact with food and how we interact with our body. And this is greatly perpetuated by the medical community, the fitness community, and quite frankly, if you think about it, really any industry <laughs> that's consumer-facing across the board perpetuates this message, especially if you were... Um, If we're, especially when it's like um, aesthetics driven industry too, like highly, like, you know, fitness wear and clothing and makeup and all the different things all play into this, this health has a look and health has a size. And so that can be a huge piece of what keeps us with creating these conditions around, around whether or not we're able, quote unquote, able to have body neutrality. And this month is all about creating the space for you to understand and for you to start to internalize the idea that you don't have to have anything in order to be body neutral. There's nothing – there's no conditions associated with it.
0: Right. And it's one thing to think about too, like, am I able to have food neutrality in the sense of, like, can I actually get there? But then there's another side of this conversation of – do I feel like I'm allowed to have food neutrality because, or due to, or that is prevented by the size that I'm in, the color skin that I have, you know, all of the different things that go into appearance, right? And so when we think about this as clinical nutritionists, right, we always like to apply the same logic that we do to our clients in our cases of, oh, for example, you have a gut problem, fixing your diet isn't going to fix your gut problem. We have to figure out where those issues, the digestive issues are coming from in the first place, right? So if we have a, if the issue is, okay, I have conditional food neutrality, where is that coming from, right? Like that's why we wanted to start with intuitive fitness. And now we want to go to body image because we're peeling back those layers of, okay, I can see I have food, conditional food neutrality because of fitness, because I have these certain beliefs. Okay. Okay. I now see that the root of my food issues is lying in the beliefs and the perception and the body image that I have, which then becomes a huge limiting factor to the point where people don't believe or the people do believe I'm not allowed to have food neutrality. I'm not allowed to have food peace or food freedom because that's not for me because I'm in a larger body, or I'm not in the conventionally, quote, attractive body, or I'm not in what looks like a healthy body. So I can't have that. That's not for me.
1: And what's largely hidden, that's like this deeper feeling that's often hidden underneath all of that is if I was able to lose weight and look a certain way, then it would be easier for me to exist in this world. And truthfully... Right? And truthfully, it is easier to exist in this world if you look a certain way. Right? And so a lot of times we commit ourselves to live in that, to live in this perpetual seeking. To lose weight, to look a certain way so that we can exist in this world, so that we can decide that we, not decide, so that we can be a part of society and part of this acceptable view, quote unquote, acceptable view of society and what looks like to us so that we can move freely in the world, get access to healthcare, get access to um, to services and things that we want without being judged based off of our our appearance and based off of our body size and all the things that are associated that with that. So it is really understandable, really understandable that there would be conditions associated with body size that would keep us from being able to have body neutrality. And what we want to work on with you guys and help you guys untangle this month is that is that you don't have to. We can be, quote unquote, decide to be the nonconformists or we can commit our lives to try to conform to this. And quite frankly, we want to build a community of nonconformists and we want to give you permission to not have to conform to that and to break down those barriers and break down those beliefs that we have because they were made up beliefs made-up beliefs that we don't have to carry around with us anymore. And so this month is really all about breaking that down.
0: Okay, so we also wanted to talk more about health in today's conversation. So a big part of what we're going to be doing this month, and this is our set the scene, right, is to bring on different guests so we can start to detangle the attachment that most people have between weight and weight and health and how these drive our body image. So, set the scene, right? Put yourself in these in this brainwave. So, if and when we believe that health has a size or a certain body shape or, you know, a look, and we believe that we should do something to try and attain that look or that size because of diet culture, right? Which is the same industry that makes us want to attempt to conform to that certain size right they also then provide us with the solution so they are creating the problem and they're creating the solution and they make money off of it and they have created the insecurities that are now implanted in our brains right so this is like a whole cluster of really unethical just like inappropriate in other words
1: wtaf man right like (laughs)
0: Yes, exactly. And so this, the reason we wanted to break this down, because we've talked about this a hundred times, right? That whole kind of like spiral of how that works. But the reason we wanted to bring it up again today is because this is where the condition comes in for body neutrality and size, i.e. I will only allow myself to be neutral and accept my body if I hit a certain size. And the only way that I know how to get there is by eating less and moving more, because How many times have you heard that in your life if you've come to this place, right? So Christina is going to talk a little bit more about what is the definition of conditional food neutrality because if you're on our newsletter, you know we love a good definition. And
1: I'm going to get to that definition, but first I want to say something about what Dana just described in – how this condition comes in for body neutrality and size, i.e. if I attain body neutrality once I hit X, Y, and Z size, we see this all the time in our client work and with people who have done our course, the body image audit, when we've done things with them, what happens is I feel like this is such a major barrier for entry into body neutrality because What ends up happening is, especially for people who are trying to move away from conventional, um, traditional diets and trying to move into wholehearted eating or even intuitive eating or food freedom or whatever you want to call it. um, When people are moving towards that, what will happen is a lot of times people will say, oh, I can't do that yet. I can't do intuitive eating yet because of X, Y, and Z. And so... I just want to leave that kind of thought there for you that this is where like, that's a a really good example of you might find yourself having these kinds of conversations with yourself like, oh, that's not really for me yet. Uh, Maybe later, maybe once I do this, I can maybe then start to work on that. And I've seen a lot of clients use language like that. So that's one other thing. But conditional food neutrality. And yes, we love a good definition. And so we're going to give it to you. And this is when you're starting to be more flexible and less all-or-nothing relationship with food and nutrition, but you're still attaching parameters around when you can or can't execute that flexibility based on if circumstances have been met. So you might be someone who's like, oh, I have like a little wellness checklist. You know, it's a good day, quote unquote, if I've done X, Y, Z, Z, Z. Now I can enjoy more food neutrality. Or I've done X, Y, and Z, ding, 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 ding. Oh, now I can have more body neutrality. Or I can be more neutral around food in my body because I've done all these different conditions, right? One thing I want to say that that a little bit of a permission slip in this is that one thing that happens a lot of times is people will say, Well, I am there, but I'm a lot this is a lot better than how it used to be it used to i wouldn't even think about the idea of food neutrality or even body neutrality it was a constant go into i have to continue this there was no room for flexibility so what we we want to remind everybody right now is this can these conditions that we've created um are actually kind of a little bit of a stepping stone on the way to food neutrality and on your way to body neutrality too. So if you're in this place, um, know that you're making progress on your road to ultimate you know, food neutrality and body neutrality. Um, and if you're not there yet, you might start to see signs of this starting to happen, right? And now is not the time to then say, oh, I'm not doing it well enough. This isn't working for me either. No, this is the time for you to lean in and get really curious about why am I still attaching these things? What beliefs am I carrying about all of this? Where am I Where am I attaching um, these conditions and where are they coming from? How can I work through that a little bit more? Um, And I think that that would be a really great place for you to kind of meet with curiosity, which we do a lot of in our courses together, meeting with curiosity rather than judgment. And so this is an area where a lot of curiosity and a lot of compassion can go a really long way.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if you're wondering like, ooh, am I here? Um, A couple of the things that we will commonly hear from clients or you'll see on social media or maybe these are just thoughts that are buzzing around in your brain right like if you have ever thought oh I can't do food neutrality yet or I can't do non-diet yet I can't do intuitive eating yet because I'm not in x body size or I'm not healthy I'm not in a healthy body size or shape or whatever or maybe you might have said like oh that's that sounds amazing but that's for other people that's not for me because again certain conditions haven't been met or maybe you think I can't have that yet not until I figure out my weight not until I figure out my health issues or very commonly we see all the time as long as I don't gain weight I'm okay with being non-diet and food neutral, right? That's that's a really really big one that we see and one thing that Christina was mentioning before we were start before we started recording today is like people aren't afraid of body changes. People are afraid and uncomfortable with a body size increase or a weight increase. They're not afraid of, you know, if you get really sick and you lose 10 pounds, everybody's like, oh my God, what are you doing? You're like, oh, I have a debilitating illness. It's fine. But like, I lost weight. It's great. You know, so people are not in general afraid or disapproving of body changes overall. It's just body changes in an increased direction that we are uncomfortable with. So you can easily start to see how Our body image, our self-perception, and the expectations that society puts on us are a major driver into creating these conditions for why we feel like we can or can't or aren't allowed to have food neutrality.
1: Time to take a quick break to talk about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. Let's say you're working through your body image in relationship with food. Um, hello, isn't that why you're here? You've heard us talk all the time about how to going to a therapist or counselor to help work through the issues we have with food in our bodies and how we use food and exercise to control or as a coping mechanism can be really helpful to healing. But finding a therapist that specializes in your needs is hard. In-person therapy is expensive.
0: That's where better help comes in. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that is 100% privacy-protected, affordable, and provides professional counseling services from thousands of licensed, accredited, and board-certified therapists. To get started, all you have to do is fill out an intake form, questionnaire, and BetterHelp matches you with your own counselor, who you can see from your own home, either over the phone or over a privacy-protected video platform. And you can also get connected with somebody in under 24 hours, no more waiting for weeks to get an appointment with a therapist in your area who you haven't even met yet. BetterHelp's mission is to provide everyone with easy, affordable, and private access to professional counseling anytime, anywhere. To get started today, wholehearted eating listeners can get ten percent off their first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash Dana. That's Better
1: H-E-L-P.com slash Dana. And one thing that we that we really want to drive home, and I think, or not even drive home, so to speak, but more of like give you a nugget of something to leave thinking about is more often than not, the reason why we have food issues is because we have body image issues. So if we're, again, talking about what Dana was talking about, peeling back the layers of like where this is coming from, what's the root? And often the root is we have body image issues, right? And we are using food and movement and all of the different things in order to try to control or change our body image issues, right? And so we just want everybody to know that you have an inherent and divine right to food neutrality and body neutrality no matter your size, shape, or ability. And that's a full stop. There's no but or if, when, or not untils. There's none of that. And I don't really care what your doctor said about it. And I don't really care what your trainer told you. And we don't care what your mom said at Easter, (laughs) right? Um, You deserve to have a neutral relationship with food in your body, period. And that's so important. And I think there's no, you don't need to have conditions associated with it. But I think it's really important for us to identify And call out the conditions that we're carrying around with us that's keeping us from being able to move forward, right? We might be able to say, I know that I should have this divine right to to food neutrality and body neutrality no matter what, but I'm still struggling with it that's totally okay. Of course you are. Look what's going on around us and all of the expectations and the stigma and the things that so many of the things that we talked about last month apply so much here too around the beliefs that we carry, the conditions that are put on us, more or less, um, that are put on us for us to look at our body. And so We just want you to know that you don't have to do that. And struggling with that is totally acceptable and normal. And, you know, that's just the truth. And I want you to know vulnerability time. We also deal with that too, right? Even as professionals in this this industry and in this world, everybody deals with this at different points in their life. And we have to actively fight against it every single day. And lean into it with that compassion and curiosity every single time. And it's difficult to do. It's difficult to set that reminder. It's difficult to to change um, beliefs that we've been carrying around with us our entire lives that have been reinforced to us over and over and over again. And really, in a lot of ways, we're swimming upstream. You know, like we're fighting against the current. And um, it's a fight worth fighting.
0: And I think this is a nice, you know, like reminder permission slip too is like when we're working on food neutrality and body neutrality, if clinicians are promoting it, I don't want to say correctly because there's no right way to do this, but there is definitely a wrong way, right? And the wrong way is by following the diet model of like, oh, you're going to fix your relationship with food in 30 days. And then if you don't, you feel like a failure, right? So this is just a reminder that this is this is a long haul thing. Like you might... We don't want you to think if even even when you've been doing this and pursuing this journey and consuming all of the non-diet content and neutrality and body acceptance and everything, and you feel like you live it wholeheartedly, like me and Christina do, and you teach it to people. And even if you don't teach it to people, you can still have these moments where you're like, "Ooh, why is that inner mean girl coming out? Like, why is she here? This doesn't feel good. My pants don't fit today. Or I feel really bloated or whatever it is. And those thoughts might come back in. That doesn't mean you are a failure and you have to go back to square one. What I always tell my clients is a way that you can tell that you're making progress along this journey is that you might still have those thoughts, but they're one, fewer and farther in between, and two, you're also developing more resilience and tools for what to do when those thoughts come up. It's not saying that it's easy when you're in that situation. Nobody loves it when you go to your closet and you put on your favorite pair of jeans. You're like, "Ooh, these do not fit or they don't zip up or whatever it is. And you have to have a kind of like check yourself moment of just because my jeans don't fit right now doesn't mean I need to run back to the gym and start a Whole30 tomorrow, which may have been your coping mechanism in the past, Right. Now you have more tools and you have more resilience, but it doesn't mean that that thought's never going to be there again. So if you're still having these thoughts every once in a while, even if you've been working on this for a while, that is normal. It doesn't mean you're a failure, right? Like this isn't diet culture, this isn't black and white thinking, you do still have to do the work as a constant reminder over time especially if you have a history of disordered eating or eating disorder or anything like that or anytime you go to the doctor and you're like and they go you know what would fix all your health issues maybe you should just lose some weight are you happy with the way you are right now like i can't even and of course after that happens great to talk to somebody about it who understands where you're coming from right You always have to think about what are the biases that people are coming from who are saying these things to you or maybe not saying it to you, saying it around you and you experience it. Most of the time, it's not about you. It's about the biases and the beliefs that they have, which we are trying to untangle for ourselves before you can do it for anybody else. I know. It's
1: a tall order. We're really asking a lot for you. Not only do you have to combat all this for yourself, but, you know, eventually you're going to share with the world. And that sounds like a lot. It's a heavy order, but it's really the truth. Is it really starts off with those small conversations that you have with yourself and building those little those little moments and pockets, like Dana was talking of resiliency, where what happens is you'll start to see those those situations coming, like Dana said, fewer and far between. But even the recovery period is is a little bit is a little bit shorter, right? I think that's a big piece too. Like, um, someone says something, um. And it used to spiral, like we used to spiral down like a whole path, right? And now it's, there's a little bit of spiral, but there's a little bit more enrage. it's a little bit more rage field, you, know? <laughs> you know, where it's kind of like, what the hell, you know, and so you kind of go down that and that, that's to me, that's a sign that you're building that resiliency, that's a sign that you're that you're starting to combat that. And we're not saying this, this trip isn't easy, but we're here this month to provide you with various tools and with, we have awesome guests coming up to talk about this even more. And if you know that this is something that you definitely want to dig into, we have a whole course that breaks this down for you in a really easy and um, you know, podcast style and video style methods that help you build that resiliency build those new inner dialogues, meeting yourself with compassion and curiosity, which you can continue to do. And it's as simple as saying, why am I having this thought? Where is this coming from? You know? And um, so we just want to give you a little bit of a set the scene for this month and kind of a little bit of a breakdown of last month. And so we're super excited to talk about what keeps us from being able to step into body neutrality and food neutrality and really this is one of the biggest roadblocks we see and it's also one of the deepest, deepest rooted ones in our belief structure and the things that have been implanted on us and so it's a messy one and it takes a long, long time to untangle and to continue untangling and we're here for you along the way.
0: And just one more reminder for everybody, because I know this is, this is a, I don't want to say rebuttal. It's more like a myth that comes up all the time, um, especially when people are thinking about intuitive eating and the non-diet world coming from a mindset of dieting, right? So in a very black and white yes versus no way, um, pursuing food neutrality and body neutrality does not equal giving up your health. The reason that diet culture tells you that is one, because they believe and they promote that health has a size and shape. And two, food neutrality is the exact opposite of the diet culture industry. If everybody adopted body neutrality and food neutrality, the diet culture industry would be zero dollars. Millions of people would be out of business, right? Which is Obviously, we don't want anybody to lose their jobs or anything like that, right? But so when you're thinking about – when you're thinking about, like – wait, does this mean I'm going to give up my health? No. If you feel like, oh, this, this feels like I'm giving up my health, that's, be, that's an indicator that you still have the belief that health equals a certain size. When you learn, and we'll be talking about this more, that health doesn't have a size, health doesn't have a shape, health doesn't have a look, you can pursue health at any size. You deserve to have food neutrality and body neutrality at any size because those don't indicate your health. Everybody deserves to also have health if they want to pursue it, even if you don't want to pursue it, which is a whole nother conversation of like a moral imperative in this country of you must pursue your health. But I also wonder like, is that just because we're a capitalist society that wants to fuel the diet culture industry? Like this could be a whole nother graduate level course, but we're not going there today. But this month with our guests, we're going to be digging deep into body neutrality and food neutrality. Super and excited. Y'all are going to love Stay it. Stay tuned. You know? Hey friends, it's Dana. And thanks for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you can, we would absolutely love it if you left a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps spread the word so more people can find the show and learn how to break out of diet culture, the body image spiral, and find a more peaceful relationship with food in their bodies with Wholehearted Eating. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me or Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling or checking out our self-paced courses, head over to wholeheartedeating.com, and we'll see you again here next week.